All right, welcome uh, to another edition of the Pastors Podcast. We uh, <clears throat> have a ministry here at Maranatha Bible Church located in Comstock Park, Michigan, just outside of Grand Rapids. Um, I am Bob, joined with Todd, and uh, we are actually really excited. We are going through the series on family, and it's been really, really good so far. I uh, appreciate your feedback that you've given us, and uh, we hope to uh, continue to do this. We've got a dozen or so topics that are lined up, um, and uh, our, our hope and our goal is to see the the families and the Christian church generally, and our church specifically, to be able to really grow and flourish, even in the midst of these troubling times that we're living in. Um, so we're hopeful that we're able to encourage you to do that. Uh, what we talked about a couple weeks ago was the biblical definition of a woman. We first talked about a man, we talked about a woman, not necessarily talking about roles, but more characteristic traits. And uh, there was this one little section in uh, Timothy, uh, or excuse me, Titus 2, and it said uh, about being a worker at home. And so we want to just take a minute and focus on that. Just for this podcast, what does it mean to be a worker at home? And one of the reasons why we want to put some meat on that bone is because, boy, has it been misrepresented over the years, um, even within our Christian circles, we would say it's been misrepresented. So... Let's just start out talking about why this is such a controversial topic. Why should we? Uh, why do we take care when we're talking about the the exhortation for ladies to be a worker at home? Yeah, well, this is as you said, just a. It's a topic that can uh, cause a lot of hurt or heartache or confusion. Uh, it's a, a topic that. Uh, our, our society is really anti uh, against. Our society has a very, um, you know, slanted view on this whole topic. Uh, and then when you talk about it with those within the church, oftentimes even there's some mm. some difficulties. And we don't want to come across at all by being harsh or mean or narrow or hurtful in anything we say today. We really just want to bring some clarity. We hope to this this uh, situation, this trait, mm. and um, we want to be a blessing um, and a help to you as you try to navigate some of these uh, issues, particularly this one. But it is a controversial topic, is, yeah. and we were talking a little bit earlier about why it's so controversial. So, what are some things that we were saying before? Yeah, you know, the, there's a big push, and, and I like this article. I'd read it back when it came out in 2017. This Australian uh, reporter, she made quite the headlines when she said. It should be illegal for moms to stay at home with their kids. Uh, and I forget the age. I think it was six years old and five years old or something like that and below. They could stay home. But after that, they had to be a productive member of society. That's such a loaded term because that's in that statement, she's saying that women staying home are no longer productive members of society, and which we think is false uh, wholeheartedly. And her reasoning was that the economy in Australia had fallen so far that one of the ways to get it back quickly and to become one of the, the greatest economies in the world was to have this massive workforce of stay-at-home moms get to work. And, uh, and so that's, we would say, modern-day um, extreme feminism uh, that, uh, that they're pushing is, you know, you have to get out and do this kind of thing. So one of the reasons why it is so controversial is, is because it, it just goes against the norm of the culture. To be able to write a paper like that or, or an article like that um, just tells you what's on the minds of you know individuals in our culture. Yeah, yeah, and I think if you go back in history and you look prior to World War II in our country, this was not a controversial topic. No, it wasn't. You know, it really was um, understood in most cases that 
uh, a wife or a mother's uh, best energies were put into her home and her family and her husband, and it really wasn't that controversial mm. of, a, of a topic. Uh, but then you had World War II happen, and uh, the whole Rosie the Riveter campaign to get women into the war effort and to do what is needed to, to get the industry cranked up to support the war at that time. Interesting, though, I was just reading again that after that, many of the women went back to their roles uh, of being hmm. uh, at home until the feminist movement in the 1960s. Interesting. And that's really when it started to swing back towards that. And really, since the 1960s, we've seen the fruit of that. I was reading uh, just a quote, Betty Friedan says this about this whole issue. She says, there is one way for women to reach full potential by participating in the mainstream of society, by exercising their own voice in all the decisions shaping that society. For women to have full identity and freedom, they must have economic independence. <laughs> Breaking through the barriers that had kept them from the jobs and professions rewarded by society was the first step, but it wasn't sufficient. It would be necessary to change the rules of the game to restructure professions, marriage, the family, and the home. So this is from you know, one of the leading feminists back in that day, and there's an admission of the fact that they're trying to restructure. Right. Restructure the home, restructure the family, redefine roles of, of men and women. And so since the 1960s in our country, this has been something you know, that has really um, been a controversial topic. And, and so there's been a, a, an attempt to really uh, help liberate women from this oppressive and repressive idea of being home, uh, caring for her home, her, her ch husband, her children, that idea is now just so outdated and antiquated that who would ever believe that that could even be a, a good thing for women in our very modern and progressive culture. So when we come to some passages that we're going to talk about here in just a moment, that that runs up against the culture. Absolutely. And that's why we're having such a difficulty in addressing this particular topic. And even built into that quote, right, is the fact that if you're not a breadwinner, if you're not making your financial independence, then you're some sort of subpar female, right? right? And, uh, and so they've taken, taken biblical perspectives. Uh, we, we would never expect the world to adhere to biblical perspectives anyway, right. so we're not shocked. What I am shocked, though, is to see, like, one woman telling another woman she has no worth unless she's out, you know, the CEO of a company or something right. like that. And, uh, and that just goes to show you how much even biblical principles are hated mm -hmm. by the world because yeah. they're not even speaking out against the Bible. They're just speaking out against principles we would adhere to to say, hey, this is kind of God's design. Right. And, uh, and they just hate it so much. And so I think it's, I think it's important, especially for ladies who are the, the stay-at-home moms, to find that... Uh, there is great value, and we'll talk about that, but there's great value in what they're doing. And these, yeah. these other women that are talking to them are, are uh, trying to get them onto their side. Mm -hmm. you know. And uh, if a woman decides to stay home, and you actually said this, she decides to stay home, she decides to raise the kids, you know, she's considered oppressed. Mm. I mean, even that's her decision to do. The mm. feminist movement would say, well, you're an oppressed lady. It's, it's right. almost like Stockholm Syndrome or something, right? Right. right. And, uh, and the vast majority of women, I know my wife and your wife both have college degrees. And so it's not like they're, you know, they're at home because they can't go get a job, right? right? And so it's, uh, they're, they're not oppressed in any way. And we have to make sure that we're letting our women know that it's okay to stay home and it's okay to 
raise the family and be a homemaker. Absolutely. At the same time, we do need to balance this out. Mm -hmm. And we're going to come back to this in a little bit. So if you are listening to this and you're, you're, you're thinking, oh, there's two guys sitting there <laughs> staring at a camera and all they're going to say is, all you can do is work at home and that's your... No, th there's, there's some liberty here. There's some Absolutely. freedom here. A husband and a wife have to make this decision together about what's best for their family. We're just trying to lay out the principles right. and answer the questions, what does Titus mean or Paul mean when he says to Titus that the young women are to be workers at home and something similar to Timothy and how does Proverbs 31... We're just trying to uh, wrestle through these principles. In 30 minutes. In 30 minutes and solve this in that short of time. <laughs> And uh, then let you, as a husband and a wife and a family, figure out how these principles impact how you make these kind of decisions. So we do want to yeah. give a caveat here. We want to be careful. We want to be cautious. We want to be wise. But at the same time, we don't, we don't want to shrink away from what God's Word says about That's this. good. And, and it's important, like you said, principles. So what that means is, in various contexts, those applications are going to look differently. Absolutely. So it's not a black and white statement, um, and we will talk about that, but it's making sure that the principles that you know and are being taught, you're applying them correctly in the context with which you live. Uh, and so we would say that it's not a, it's not necessarily a physical battle. I, I think it's a spiritual battle. I think one more, one more way that they can undermine the family unit, one more way they can take away God's authority, because we know that God established the family, the government, um, and uh, and He, they, they want to see that taken away. And how do you take that away? Well, you start taken away at the foundation. And one of those foundations is uh, the, the woman um, as being that keeper of the home. Um, and so making her feel guilty for not doing what society wants her to do is right. an, just one more way to do it. Um, so that leads us into uh, what is, right, what is a worker at home? What does it mean to be a worker at home? So we talked about why it's a controversial topic. You know, why people kind of shy away from it, the guilt trip, the culture, it's antiquated, so on and so forth. So what does it mean? Why don't you take us through the two key passages on this, mm. and then we'll define kind of what is not and then what it is. Oh, that's good. And before we go through those, um, I think it's also, I said this at the last time too, but um, we have to remember this is Paul writing to Titus and telling Titus to tell the older women to then go and shepherd the younger women. So you can, you can say Paul's not lording it over the women. Paul's not telling Titus to lord it over the women. It's the older women who are in the church who have those stable lives. And he's saying, look, you are responsible for training these young ladies. So it's almost as if, almost as if you could say, oh, we got this problem in the church. It's the pastor's fault. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. Paul is saying these are the older ladies' responsibilities. So if you look at the the supply chain, right? There's a mm. chink somewhere in there. And so we want to encourage the older ladies to tell the younger ladies this, you know, yeah. go ahead and disciple them. So these two words that Paul uses, one in Titus 2.5, the other one in First uh, Timothy 5.14, 2.5, he says, be workers at home. And then uh, he's talking to the older ladies to exhort the younger ladies. And then First uh, Timothy 5.14, he's talking to the younger widows. Uh, they should get married, bear children, and keep the house. Uh, so really, the, these two words are extremely similar to one another. One's a verb, one's an adjective. But really, um, Paul's telling Timothy they need to rule the household and manage the family affairs, right? And then he tells Titus they're to be a stayer-at-home, domestically inclined, and a keeper of the home. And so Paul's really this broad explanation of, of what he's trying to tell these ladies to do. So in Titus, the word is oikos ergon, mm. house worker. In Timothy, 1 Timothy 5.14, it's oikos despoteo, house despot, right. <laughs> house ruler. House ruler. Yeah. That's really what it means. 
And so in figuring out what he's getting at here, I think we do need to say what is not. And I think this is maybe where the feminists are reacting against some perceived idea as to what this, this, this is all about. And so, you know, when society thinks about this, they think about a woman who's, who's enslaved, she's only reduced to cooking and cleaning, right. all she's doing is vacuuming and dusting, child rearing, <laughs> all she's doing is, you know, slaving in the kitchen all day over a hot stove. Painting she's, the basement if my wife is watching. Now that's not a, that, that's helpful, right? That is that's <laughs> very very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the this is the image in most right. people's minds is you just got a woman who's who's oppressed and she's she's under her husband's thumb and she's not appreciated and she can't flourish and and she's all she's reduced to is this basically a servant of the house. Right. And that is not at all what. Paul has in mind in either of those passages. It's it's something very different than that, although it might include some of those domestic responsibilities. Mm-hmm. At the core of what it means to be a worker at home and the core of what it means in 1 Timothy 5.14 to keep house is a woman who essentially manages the domestic affairs of that home so that um, the priorities of... Uh, of what God intends for the husband, the wife, the children, all of those are in check and held in place by a woman who is managing her household well. So she's she's discipling kids. Uh, she is caring for her husband. Uh, she is using her home as a base of operations to serve other families. Hospitality ministry. Hospitality ministry. <clears throat> it, it's another way in which she exercises the one another's. It's mm-hmm. one of the ways in which uh, families are, are ministered to. So, so if you look at it from that context, everything that she's doing is done in the context of ministry. Mm. It's a ministry to others. It's a ministry to her husband. It's a ministry to her children. And yes, she's going to be preparing lunches and when the kids are young, changing diapers and you know helping to get the meals on the table. That's all part of it, but you have to kind of take a step back and say it's bigger than just those responsibilities. It's all the spiritual components that go with that. That's right. The discipling, the serving, the loving, the caring, the, the using of the home as a place uh, for the family to find a refuge, but mm-hmm. also the biblical priorities uh, to be fulfilled within that family, and then re- using it to serve others as well. Yeah, that's good. I, I think oftentimes we we look down on those responsibilities, like as other women look down on that. But here is the here here is kind of the I don't want to say ironic, but it's kind of sad that essentially what you just described was a project manager, mm. like at a, a, a massive corporation, yeah. because she's making sure everything is running in tune right. and it's going and it's going. And so what the world says is, don't do that for your family and kids. Come and do that somewhere else where then you really will be oppressed. And you can get paid for it. And you can get paid for it. Probably not what you, the work you're putting in, right? right? And then go home and be completely tired instead of doing that exact same stuff for your family where you have the blessing from God. And so um, I, think, uh, I think as you, you, know, you read through that list and, um, and you see all that a woman puts in and a mom puts in and a wife puts in, like the, the task list is you know, insurmountable. Like there's... Like so many hats are worn, you know. I'm doing three things and I'm getting stressed out, and <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I know that I know that moms work extremely, extremely hard yeah. to take care of that, and so we should never look down upon it. So if you're a mom and you're watching, don't ever say I'm only a stay-at-home mom or I'm only a housewife, because that's it's not true. That's not what you only are. You know? And I would say <laughs> to the men who are listening, don't you dare demean a woman who's mm. doing this. That's right. Don't ever put her down for only doing this or saying something like, well, it'd be nice if you earn your keep around here, right. brought in some extra money. Um, 
we're going to talk about some occasions where it's appropriate for a husband and wife to decide that. But no, no man should demean mm. uh, this rule. And they're, they're already fighting this within the culture. Let's make sure they're not fighting it. Because the Bible celebrates it. Exactly. <laughs> so we need to make sure we are too. So I like the things you said. The house needs to be that sanctuary, right? Yeah. And, and the woman can, can, can control that. I, I, do, I do believe the man controls that spiritual temperature. So when he comes home... And he's making sure that they're reading to the kids and there's a Bible study or something like that that's going on in the house. And then he's there to support the wife and what she's doing. And she's there to support him. And so you see this idea of the helper coming along. Um, but there is, a, there is a sense that the house is running smoothly. And as a man, you don't have to have that added pressure, you know, when you're out and you're working or whatever you're doing. Because you know you trust your wife. She's got things going. So Julie and I talk about this. She says, I'm the president. She's the CEO. Oh, nice. So my responsibility is to set the tone for the family and lead spiritually, as yours is as well, as God has called us as Christian men to. We're, we're called to lead our families spiritually, to set the tone, set the direction, have discussions with our wife on how that's to, how those priorities are to play out in our family. And then I, I essentially entrust that mm. responsibility, much of that, to her. Mm-hmm. Not as much now the kids are older in our situation, but... She's the one that's really executing all of that. She mm-hmm. is the CEO, and, and I trust her implicitly, and she does a great job. And I know it's the same for you as well, but it's a, it's a camaraderie that Absolutely. we have together as a husband and a wife. Yeah, you shouldn't look at it as you're butting heads, right? right? Um, you are a camaraderie. Right. And so that, that's the, the idea of being a worker at home is, is the, the greatest responsibility for a wife, no, it's, no, we're not saying a woman, we're saying a wife. I want to make sure you differentiate that because some ladies aren't going to get married and that's that's fine as well. But at least for that wife is to to be that maker at home. And that's what that's what Paul is telling Titus here. Um, and so uh, so the question we always get, <clears throat> I've, I've gotten it as well, and I'm, we didn't really ask how many times we've gotten it, but I'm sure it's the numbers up there, is in what about women working outside of the home, right? What about a woman getting a job? Is that sin, right? And it's interesting how... Most people want to jump right to that. So if I don't work outside the home, is it okay? And if I do, is it sin? Like mm-hmm. there's nothing in between, right? And so we would say, well, let's take a step back from, you know, yelling heresy <laughs> and, uh, and uh, really try to work on this. So I'll say, you know, for our, my wife and I's context, when we didn't have any kids, she was an office manager at a pediatric dentist office. And so she worked full time and I worked full time, but the house was easy to keep up. Uh, I, I do tend to be a little, you know, Slobby, so she was fine though, and uh, but just her her taking care of me, it was fine, and uh, and so there was food on the table and so on and so forth. So um, I think in that context, she was fulfilling her biblical mandates that uh, God has given her, and she was able to do that and still work at the same time. Yeah, so we're not giving a hard fast rule here. Right. <clears throat> I don't think Scripture gives you a black and white. It is always wrong for a woman to work outside the home. I don't think you can make a case for that biblically. No. Uh, and I would say it this way, no, it's not a sin for a woman to work outside the home. However, I would say, I think biblically we could say it is a sin for a woman not to have a heart for her home. I would say so. So I think each husband and wife have to sit down and they have to wrestle through these mm. principles. And they have to say, okay, how do these principles come to bear upon our particular situation? And as you said, there may be a, a season of life where before kids in particular, a wife can work outside the home and contribute to the family and be an asset there. And, and they take, husband and wife agree on that, and that's great. Maybe after the kids are out of the home, right. uh, they do the same thing. Um, and maybe even some circumstances where children are in the home and yet 
the wife is able to effectively manage all of those responsibilities well, there, there might be a situation where yeah. a husband and a wife agree on that. So we're not going to give a hard and fast rule here, but I think the tenor of Titus 2, 1 Timothy 5, and even Proverbs 31 is that a woman sees her home mm. and her family as her key priority. Primary ministry. Primary yeah. ministry. Absolutely. No, I absolutely agree. I think I think so. That's, that's the key component here is we keep saying principles, principles. So there's not a hard and fast rule in the Bible, so we're not saying here's where you have to land. So if we... If a, a person lands hard and fast, black and white, on something that the Bible is not black and white in, that's when you start getting into legalism, right. and that's what we want to stay away from. There's certainly some principles, we're hoping to pull those out, um, where you sit down with your husband and wife and you say, hey, let's take a look at our overall situation, yeah. you know, and, and how is the house being kept up, how is so on and so forth. So I think I just want to reiterate that, like these are principles to guide us in decision making and uh, and then hopefully the the end result will be to glorify God. I think it's a hard issue. It is a hard issue. I think in some cases you may have a woman who's at home, a wife who's at home, and she she doesn't have the heart of a worker at home. Mm. And you might have some situations where a woman, uh, a wife is working, and yet her heart is fully for her home. So I don't think we can just, as you said, quantify it as a Mm-mm. black and white only once one only situation. It really does come down to the heart. Yeah, and the motives. So you know, even as a husband, if your motive is to have, you know, the vacation home and the two boats and all of this, and you see the way to get that is by sending your wife to work, well, then you've got a real problem, right? Right? Because then you're looking at greed and whatever. And so, yeah, I think that's uh, very important that that the husband and wife are able to talk to one another. On that, can we just talk about Proverbs yeah. thirty-one real yeah. quick? I'm because right here. I think <laughs> read my mind <laughs> because I think this is helpful. By the way. Proverbs 31 is actually the words of a woman. Verse 1 says, The words of King Lemuel, the oracle which his mother taught him. Proverbs 31 is not the words of a man trying to uh, put a woman in her place. Mm. It's the words of a woman. And if King Lemuel is Solomon, then those are the words of Bathsheba, his mother. So it's interesting to me that this chapter is actually the words of a woman. Uh, not just that of a man. But I think what you see in this chapter is, yeah, she's active. She's busy. She's she's uh, doing all kinds of things. Verse 16, she's buying a field and planting a vineyard from her earnings. In verse 24, she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies belts to the tradesmen. So she's busy. She's active. She's, active. she's working. She's selling things. She's buying things. She has some sort of a cottage industry business. Um, But notice what's interesting about this, verse 15, it's all done in the context of her household. She rises while it's still night and gives food to her household. Verse 21, she's not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. Then verse 27, she looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. So in the context of even all this working that she's doing, the focus still seems to be her house and her home and her husband and her children. That's right. And you can see that it is. In verse 28, her children rise up and bless her, her husband also, and praises her. And so it's like... Yeah, she is doing a lot of things perhaps outside of the home, but the purpose of that is for the blessing of the home. So if you have a, a mom who goes to work and you know she's 10 hours a day and she comes back home, like she still has those biblical responsibilities to take yeah. care of. And so that's what this is saying here. This woman is doing that, whatever that looked like, and she's still able to take care of the things that are at home. Yeah. And we can see that because she's praised. Yeah. And, and I, I know I, I like this, this little section of Scripture here and... Um, how it's, 
you know, she makes covering for herself. She makes clothing. Her husband is known in the gate. So while I'm not going to go home and ask my wife to sew me a T-shirt or something <laughs> like that, the point is, is that she sees needs and she takes care of them in the household, yes. right? Yeah. And so she's not sitting around waiting. She's not spending her time. She's not going to different fields and saying, mm, this one I may come back to and go to the next one, right? She's yeah. doing all of that, but at the same time taking care of the house. Exactly. Which I think is very important. Yep. And just, uh, you know, before we close, just a special word to, there's a lot of caveats, right? So you have single moms, and that, that caveat would be we understand completely that's a single mom that you sometimes just need to do what you need to do. Yeah. And if that's working and helping or asking the family for help, and we understand that there's also families out there that don't want to help. And, you know, we would hope as a church body that we'd be able to help um, people, especially here in our local body, single moms, to be able to yeah. um, work and take care of the kids. And um, But the, the point is it is just a season, right? And so praying that, you know, for strength through that season. And oftentimes there are people get into situations that they, they didn't plan on. Mm. And it's not for a lack of planning. It's just something spontaneous happens yeah. and they're not able to, to really thrive in that situation. But God definitely gives you the grace to get through it. Yeah, God is gracious in those circumstances. Let me, let me present another scenario to you. What about the young uh, single woman who's heading into college or is in college? Mm. How does she wrestle through these principles but also maybe thinking about a career for a time. So how do you balance what we're talking about, what is a biblical priority, yeah. with our culture, which says, and, and in many cases, a woman who really does want to get an education. What, what, what would be some principles that you'd say to that woman in that situation? Yeah, that's a good question. I think the heart still has to be for the home, first and foremost. And you know, as I think about my own daughter, and obviously yours are a little bit older, and so it's probably closer to your mind than it is to mine. But uh, as I think about my own daughter, and I think um, I don't want I don't want to shepherd her heart for her priority to be to go and get a career and go and make money because um, as as she's growing up, we want to show her these biblical principles that we find here about what a biblical woman really is. And at the end of the day, if she decides to go and go to college, um, just to think about those things, how much debt are you going to have when you meet your husband? Good you know, how are you how are you going to plan on paying this off? Does somebody want to marry you if you've got two hundred thousand dollars worth of debt and and then at the end of the day, if your goal is to be a biblical wife, um, I'm not saying don't get educated by any means, but at the same time, what's that highest priority? Is it to go get a four-year degree or is it to prepare yourself for you know, doing that? So I think those are a lot of things I would sit down and, and talk about uh, with my daughter or any woman that's going off into to college just to, to, get those, to get them thinking about not just the here and now, not what culture is telling you to do, but let's look what the Bible says and where it is you want to end up. Yeah, good. I like what you said there. There's a balance here. Uh, I think if, if there's a desire to get a degree and maybe get a job in that field for a mm. while, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. But I think what you said about the debt is critically important. Are you willing to go into $100,000 worth of debt and then become a wife and a mother? You don't pay that off really quick when no. you're uh, not working right. as a woman. So right. uh, those are just some issues I think you'd want to think about and wrestle through. That's good. Well, all right, guys. I hope this was uh, well helpful for you. Um, this uh, series we've been going through, we're just very blessed once again to be able to talk to you about the family and have the opportunity to share some of our thoughts with you. Um, and if you guys have any questions, please feel free to to let us know. Uh, we'd be more than happy to, to answer them. But we hope you're blessed, and uh, we hope you guys have a good rest of the week. Take care.